Well, welcome back to the Who That Kiss podcast. It's your boy RK. Um, rocking by myself tonight. Um, we got a special guest coming in. Dean Mullen's going to be joining us, and we're going to talk about the aftermath of the whole Drew Brees situation. And uh, yeah, we're going to unwrap a lot of what's been said and, and see how uh, see how people are going to repair um, what's ha- what's happened um, going forward because. Right now, there's some feelings that have definitely been hurt, and there's some people that don't feel understood. And on the other side, it seems that Drew seems really uh, apologetic and doesn't really feel like he was understood in the way that he was intended to. And um, all of his actions, you know, previously tend to make make people want to give him the benefit of the doubt. So we'll we'll, talk, we'll chat with Dean and uh, maybe unravel some of the stuff we've seen on Twitter. And uh, yeah. Enjoy, Houdat fans. We'll see you soon. All right, welcome back to the Houdat Kiss podcast. It's your boy, RK, and I am joined by Mr. Dean Mullen from Last Word on Sports. Dean, how you doing? I'm doing okay, man. I've had better days, better weeks, but I am hanging in there day by day, one day at a time. Yeah, we did We did a couple podcasts last night. It was the first time we've ever done a back-to-back, and we were talking... Uh. Uh, we talked with Ross Jackson, and we talked with Elias, um, Elias J. Williams, and Chris Ross Volglu, and we got some really good, in, uh, good perspectives and different, different perspectives as to what was happening and what's going to happen. And now today we have the aftermath um, after the apology, and and I guess you would say um, people's reactions to things. Um, we we can dive into it as quick as you want to, but. Uh, something I saw that maybe we'll I'll preface the conversation with that I want to get your opinion on is I saw Jim Brown put out a comment. I don't know if you saw it. And Jim Brown, yeah, Jim Brown basically yeah. said he's, he's with Drew. And he's like, I, I stand in the same thing. And, and, and to hear that from a, a prominent black leader, um, somebody who has been through very real racism, um, the company divide line he had to go through, it, there, there's something to that. You know, um, defending Drew's point of view in this in this instance, and and I'm not saying Drew is right, and just because Jim Brown says he's right, he's right, because the comment was tone deaf. It was not it was not respect of 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 what's happening around him. He didn't take the temperature of the room. But interesting to see Jim Brown take that stance. Um, in my opinion, so what, what were your thoughts on that? So yeah, it's funny you mentioned that because I just. I just read that uh, quote maybe about an hour ago, that, you know, on, on Twitter or wherever you put it out. And uh, thanks for having me on the show, first of all. Oh, and, yeah, it's a pleasure, man. You know, the main thing is, it is, uh, I don't really have any words to describe the last 90 days, much less the last seven days. That's, that's number one. Uh, number two... Yeah, yesterday was very uh, disturbing in a way because, it, like you were talking before the show started, you know, now it's affecting the, the Saints, and I guess it was just a matter of time. It's actually affecting other teams, too. You start to dig a little bit. But about the, the Jim Brown thing, you know, about his statement, this is sort of how the, you know, I, I'll never understand know what it's like being black first of all african-american I, i'll never understand that none of us will ever understand that uh racism exists that's a fact um 
and no one has the answer right now. I hate to say it. We have a lot of ideas. We have we have had these incidents, shootings uh, going on for years, and with the you know the Kaepernick thing. I was just talking to a friend last night in California, and it's just so interesting. I was in the press box about three years ago when when the kneeling started, basically. And I'll never forget the first game back in the Superdome. There was so much, you know, there was a lot of people tense because there was there was talk about people boycotting the game because of the kneeling. Yeah. So now you take it three years later. Now I just think it's interesting that you know. Obviously, Drew Brees' statement, he apologized twice, actually, to that. Yeah, I saw both. Yeah, I saw both. So, you know, he, he, I believe that he understands that he messed up. He didn't understand it in the middle of that, you know, uh, interview, however he did it. But this issue is is bigger than Brees, too. This This issue is bigger than the NFL. It's, it is a systemic issue that goes beyond the game football, obviously, and Drew Brees. And we really need to find solutions. And, and and really, it's good to talk about it, yeah, but we need people with solutions. Yep. You know, that's what we need. Mm-hmm. Action's bigger the than... The talk is cheap. Yeah. The talk is cheap. We've been talking for years, you yeah. know. Um, and then we'll attack a certain person. A person will make a misstatement, you know. And then, you know, we have these. First of all, we've been quarantined for. You know, that's one thing. You know, we've been quarantined for almost three months now. Yeah. So it's it's hard to. Because I was talking with a friend last night. I was like, would it be different if we weren't quarantining? You know, would the would the reaction been different? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, with the that shooting, I don't know if it'd be worse, it's better, but. You know, we're, we're just under a lot of stress in the United States, around the world. Uh, whether that factored to any of this, I don't know. But I think that has to be factored in, though, regardless. It's, it's, this, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely a part of it. Um, my, my perspective on this is this. I'm, I'm a black man in Canada, and I've dealt with um, racism. I used to drive a pretty nice sports car, and, you know, I got pulled over quite a bit, even when I had my wife in the, in the passenger seat. Um... I've been, you know, held up at an airport, um, not judiciously either, uh, and thought about taking that to court, um, leaving the Atlanta airport. Um, there's, there's been things that have happened to me, and in Canada, I always, I always equate it this way. In Canada, I view the racism that I deal with and the, the, the problems that a black young male has to deal with here as inconvenient, whereas in the states, whereas in the states, they're dealing with it as it's, it's a death sentence in some cases. And that's scary. So for Drew to make the comment that he made, listen, Joe Horn said it the best. If you don't know Drew and you're jumping on him, like like Joe Horn went kind of at LeBron James and said, you don't know Drew Brees. You, you, you shouldn't have made that comment because you haven't walked beside this man. You don't know him. You don't know where that comment came from. Was the comment misguided? Yes, it was. But you don't know the man. So to go out and put him on blast when you know that your voice has so much weight and that people will follow and pile on, i.e. Malcolm Jenkins, now you've got more hate begetting hate and people aren't understanding what, what actually happened. And did Drew maybe come off with, with white privilege and not really understand the concept of, of course you don't think the system's broken, 
you know, in the in the context, and you wish that people would protest differently because it it works for you. You know what I mean? You're not dealing with these problems. So, what he should have said, and if he had said this, just a little caveat, if he would have said, "I don't agree with the kneeling. I still think that the kneeling is the wrong the wrong way to go about this protest." However, this is what I'm going to do to help this cause. If he would have provided a solution and said, "I'm going to donate money. I'm going to open up a center for." you know, justice and like be a part of the innocence project that Demario Davis and Malcolm Jenkins are also a part of in Louisiana. I'm going to do anything. Like if he did anything along those lines, you can be mad and incensed about the part A part of what he said, but part B would have to shut you up because you know that Drew Brees has done more for the state of Louisiana, maybe than any politician has done in the last 45 years. And he's a football player. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, do I give Drew Brees a pass? I don't give him a pass. I don't give a pass for anything. My mother always told me, you know, there's, there's things that you can do in this life, but you can't take words that come out of your mouth back. You can apologize, but people heard the words. So you're going to say something, you got to own it. And he owned it. You know, his PR, his PR company, his PR people, they put out a great press release. That was fantastic. It was well-written and, and, and good on that. But Drew, with the video that he just put out, it's good, it's good to hear his own words. And it's good to see that his teammates rallied behind him. You know, like it, it, this would have been, this would have taken on a much uglier turn had Michael Thomas been a 25 year old stubborn young black male that says, uh, "I'm not, I'm not about that. I'm gonna hold a grudge. You cross me, there's no going back." And that happens, and that's happening right now because people are fed up. So, um, looking at the situation, what are your what are your thoughts about? And I'm actually really interested to hear your perspective on this. What are your thoughts about the like how Drew walks into camp? How Drew addresses his teammates? How is he going to go about, you know, the day to day? Because people used to look at Drew with that that sense of air, right? Like, oh my gosh, like that's Drew Brees. Now there's a little bit of a taint on Drew. So what does that what does that look like for you with Drew going into camp? You know, the thing is, is that people over idolize in general in, in professional sports anyway in my opinion mm-hmm. Breeze has been known as Breezes <laughs> but a few of his nicknames yeah. that's part of the problem uh, we look up to you know people that we think they're perfect you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. Uh, Drew Breeze is not perfect I'm not perfect you know nobody is perfect that doesn't excuse the comments either but I think that, you know, they had, they did have a meeting on it, so I understand. And I believe that, first of all, if the season goes off, let's just pretend it will go off on time for the, for the sake, for tonight's sake. I really don't believe that it is going to be a major issue because, first of all, I don't, I, I don't know if any of his offensive linemen has commented or come out and said anything. I could be wrong, but I don't think they have. Those are the guys that can be protect, protecting their briefs. Eric McCoy put out a post. Uh, Eric put out a, uh, a, a post of two fists at one point, but he deleted the post. So that, that's the only thing okay. I know about. But that's the only thing I know about. But, yeah. But, but still, I mean, I think once the season starts, or once training camp starts, whenever this thing starts, however it starts, I think it will be, he said it the right way. He's like, it's not a matter of words, it's a matter of action. And you said it too. What is he going to do? 
Is he going to give money? Is he going to spend more time in the community? I, I still think this is, I, I just, I'm not buying into the fact that Drew Brees is the problem here. No, I think that not at all. That was the story of yesterday. CNN, hell, it was on every channel I saw. You know, the media loves to, they don't help anything. No. I'll just, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that, yeah. you know? Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that there will be another story. I will guarantee there will be another story, if not this week, next week. There will be a few uh, from players in different leagues, and they'll have to apologize. And the thing is, is we want to address the problem. Does the NFL really want to do something about this? Do they want to have a, uh, you know, African American Awareness Month and put a ribbon? on the field like breast cancer you know yeah. do they re- are they experts about it yeah. you know but the, are they just talking they're a business you know it's it's hard to they haven't felt a different animal to try to deal with however that being said they have fans coming in of all kinds of races you yeah. know that come to their games mm-hmm. especially New Orleans they're, yeah so uh, it will be an ongoing thing this season, along with the pandemic. But I, I just really think that this will be okay as far as the locker room um, going forward, eventually. It'll happen overnight, but I think, I think the only problem I see, and it's sad to say, but I think if the Saints have a slow start, has nothing to do with the, the bigger issues, but they could have problems in the locker room. That was exactly where I was going. You're you're a very intelligent man. <laughs> um, they they, they yeah. have some vocal people in the locker room now with different opinions because Drew Brees has his opinions. He did apologize, but there is no America is not going to have a hundred percent agreement. We're yeah. never have never been like that. Yeah. So. Uh, so that, that, that can have an effect if that we start off sour. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said, I said, I said anything, sorry, I said anything less than like a, a three and one start in that first month of the season. And you're going to hear a bunch of people squabbling saying, we got Taysom, we got Jameis, you know, and there's going to be like that, that quarterback room, it's so talented. And now we're stuck in a spot that Drew kind of, kind of you know, through a chink in the armor, and now there's now there's that opportunity and the door is open where if he doesn't play well, like if he goes you know full 2013 Drew, and starts throwing picks left, right, and center, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens in that context. I think you that what, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. What's interesting is when when we got Jameis Winston, I don't know if you were on Twitter or everything. There was a lot of pushback on getting Jameis Winston. Now what was was that because he came from Bucks? Sure, of course. But he can be a very polarizing figure as well. Yeah. So. Well, his character I, I, his character's I, I, not the best, that's for sure. He does lack character from some of his younger, yeah, you know. That character, we know that, they know that. I do believe he's, he's taken some really good first steps. I, I do believe that. And I've always been a believer in his talent. That's just me. I mean, yeah. This goes back to Florida State days and 
coming out, and we'll, we'll see how that goes. That's a, that's a whole other yeah. whole other complex. Uh, but uh, I think he will be the second-string quarterback. Uh, by the time the season ends, he will be on the field if, if Drew Brees gets hurt. That's my opinion. Yeah. I hope he doesn't get hurt. But the reality is, you talk about a 40, 41-, 42-year-old guy yeah. that if people that age at quarterback – they, you know, you just have more issues. It's just after 40 years old. So we saw it last year. That was a freak thing. But um, there's, a, there's a decent chance a backup will get in this year. I'll just leave it at that. Man. Um, I kind of had this analogy that I created. I said that the Saints are a small sample size um, of what we see in America right now, in North America, um, Canada included. you got a lot of frustrated people. you got good people that are, you know, well guided, you got misinformed people, you got hateful people, you got angry people, you got scared people, people that are oblivious, and some people that are intelligent. And I could leave it to you to take all those adjectives and associate them to certain players on our team, and it would be a pretty easy game to play. Um, I played with a friend of mine today, and I think I think looking at at this roster, uh, hearing Demario Davis speak, and all of the clout that Drew Brees does have with this team, and having Cam Jordan. And and I'm sure Malcolm Malcolm Jenkins Malcolm Jenkins hasn't been on Twitter or anything today for a reason because I'm sure he's adjusting his PR people trying trying to figure out how he's going to come back because he took words out of his mouth that he can never take back you know and um, there there's going to be some there's some repairing that's going to have to happen between those two because they're both very strong men both lead in a different way but at the end of the day Drew's done more for that team than Malcolm has. And Malcolm's is a social justice issue where Drew is going to be the leader of that team. Um, you know, barring anything crazy, because those leaders in that room have, have sided with him and forgave him. So, looking at looking at that roster and looking at those those things that I've said about the roster, do you see anybody be, being moved? Do you see anybody being traded, waived, um, maybe losing a, a, an opportunity to play more minutes? You know what I mean? Taking somebody off the field. Like, what are your thoughts on the the fallback of all this? Yeah, the fallback as far as, far as somebody on the roster. Uh, it's so hard to, to forecast in the future. Uh, you know, it's, I, I think, you know, Michael Thomas is, is, is making, like, crazy numbers per year. Like, I'm talking crazy. Like, if you look at the history of the NFL, he's, like, breaking like some every just all kinds of records. Yeah. And somebody has to step up as, as number two or three, man. I mean somebody has to evolve in that position. Thomas ain't going nowhere. We yeah. know that. But yeah. uh, we need somebody to step up. There's a there's a there's a list of guys. And there's always gonna be a guy that we don't know about. Uh, could mean not, not be on the rock who knows but um, I don't think there will be a fallout I think Alvin Kamara is going to be a, a very interesting uh, player this year I think it's going to be interesting to see how he works into the offense this year um, he's an amazing player um, it, it, it's, you know the number on his as far as the contract he can get is going to be very interesting 17, and, I think. I think it'll be around 17. Yeah, it very well could be. Yeah. And uh, are they going to pay him that? Uh, 
you know, just it's not some it's the same the deal, but you know, they they they, they did pay Michael Thomas. But I think post Drew Brees, they they have to be thinking that. I mean, I, I think this year is the last year. Yeah, it may not be. It might not be, but but I think you have to think that this year is the last year. So what do you what do you want to look like the you know the year after? Do you want to start going more defense? I think the defense has a man a hell of a lot of talent. You know? mm-hmm. I think I said last year. I think they could they could really rival the offense, man. If, if they if they really just get on the same page, in my opinion, I think they could really make a good run next year. I agree. I agree. Yeah, the defense is young. It's going to be interesting because they're going to have to pay Marcus Williams. Like People don't realize Marcus Williams is going to get $40-plus million on his next contract. Yeah. That's the going rate for a safety of his caliber and his numbers. I know he has really bad plays on his resume that hurt us, but he's made a lot of rangy plays. Like His highlight reel of plays that he has made, um, that he's going to get paid. Marshawn Lattimore is going to get paid. Ryan Ramchek has to get paid. Ryan Ramchek's going to break the tackle, the tackle record for guys like we're we're gonna we're gonna lose a guy that's yeah, gonna be yeah, that's gonna that's gonna be top five at his position in the NFL, and 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 that's gonna suck. And I you know what I, I honestly feel I I honestly could see Alvin Kamara being dealt because they devalue running backs in the NFL. And Sean knows Sean knows that he can play with he can play with Latavius Murray. And like the fact right. that they the fact that they brought all these running backs in, like you know right. what I mean they brought a couple like it it just it doesn't seem, and Alvin Kamara doesn't doesn't seem like the minute Mark Ingram left he is, doesn't seem as comfortable in New Orleans. I don't know if that's just a me thing, but it just doesn't seem like he's not a super flamboyant guy that's out there talking to people and like really extroverted. But it seemed like he was like some kind of he felt he felt some kind of weight most of the time last year, and. uh yeah, I I don't want him to go. I love AK forty one. You know, I really really love watching him play. Yeah. I love I love that he wears a a black and gold jersey. But just from the business sense and the financial sense, paying him seventeen million means you're probably letting go of Marshawn Lattimore, or or Ryan Ramchek. You know what I mean? And like yeah. and and Sean's not yeah. letting Sean's not letting go of Ryan Ramchek. I don't know if you've heard Sean talk about Ryan. That's his baby. Mm-hmm. Like that is his child. Like he he looks at Ramchek is not going anywhere forever. Um, so it's going to be Marshawn or it's going to be Marcus Williams or Mickey Loomis is just going to kick the bucket down the road and hopefully, which is is possible. He could, he could almost pay all these guys and then have, have a kingdom, so to speak. In other words, you know, eight to 10 people making, uh, 16% of the the cap or whatever, whatever the number is going to be. That's what I mean by the kingdom. Yeah, you know, and and every team is different. You know, you you got to look at the Patriots, man, and, and the way they do things uh, is amazing. And we're right there. We just had bad luck. I mean, simple as that. Last few years, bad luck. Yeah, I don't care what anybody says. I agree. Uh, uh, we we, however, I, I will say that there there is something I I, I think it is very interesting. And I've been, I've been doing a lot. I, I'm a researcher. So, the last two years, I want to ask you a question. Okay? Yep. How many uh, six-point games do you think the Saints have been with? In other words, win or lose by six points. 
in the last two years? In, in the last two, two years. years? Three years? Yeah. So we're looking at two 40. Years. Two years. So we're, lo- so we're looking at 30, 35 games, right? Because the playoffs included? Uh, did I include the playoffs? I'm not sure if I did. Okay, well. I don't uh, think I did. I think regular season. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go with at least thirteen. Okay, you're 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 close. Nine games. Okay. Okay. So the Saints went seven and two in those games. Okay, and there's a reason I'm bringing bringing that up. Uh, three point games. They they won in the last ten years. Okay, I did a I'm sorry the last fourteen years since Sean Payton has been there. They have won 55% of the games at three-point games. 27 wins, 22 losses. The reason I'm bringing this up is that these three- to six-point games, or three-point game, however you want to call them, this is going to decide the season. And it decides every season. And we have been winning those games lately in the regular season, but losing them in the playoffs. Which I think is very interesting. Remember, remember the year the Giants went to the Super Bowl. I was just uh, gonna, br- I was just gonna bring that up. I was just gonna bring that up. We had five games, where where yeah. we lost by three points or less. Right. Yeah. Right. So right. I, I, yeah, we finished eight and eight. I remember that season. I we just me and Justin just talked about that in one of our podcasts that we did um, last week, where we had our five what what if moments, like five good what ifs and yeah. five bad what ifs, and uh, I talked about right. that season. Um, being just super unlucky, we had five losses by three points or less, and we had one loss by five points. So, you you you, you change those five games, those six games around, and all of a sudden we're fourteen yes. two. So yeah, yes. uh, and that goes vice versa. In other words, thirteen uh, three could have been ten and six. Uh, you know, it, regardless, it's a flip of a coin. Yeah. You know, and and we have been good in the regular season, but we have not been good. Just lately, just lately in the, in the play. So what I'm saying is, is that the fourth quarter, or however you want to say it, those three to six point games, we have got to, we, we have been winning those games in the regular season, and hopefully our luck will change in the playoffs. And we, we need players at the end of the game. I think I said this last time. We need guys in the fourth quarter, man. I'm not talking just fourth quarter. I'm talking two minutes left in the game. Mm-hmm. Overtime, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think you, you said that. You know, the first thing that popped in my head, which provides me like a little bit of a smirk, you know, like I, I get to smile and feel pretty good about it. And I might be stupid, call me naive, but I like having Janoris Jenkins on the opposite side of Marshawn Lattimore because he's rangy, he's intelligent, he's a vet, and he's really confident. Like, he, he'll never believe that he's the second best corner on the field. He'll always think that he's the best corner. Do you know what I mean? And having a number two that's not looking over his shoulder and wondering if he's going to get beat or, you know what I mean, not confident all the time like Eli Apple was at times, I think that that, that's going to eliminate a lot of those late fourth quarter, i.e. the the Houston game last year. Remember, we we score late in the game, and then what happens? Deshaun Watson hits uh, Kenny Stills for a deep, you know, 70-plus yard touchdown. that. Like, I don't think that stuff's going to happen this year. I think Marcus Williams is going to be able to sit back there and play safety like he should be able to because he's not going to have to cover cover Janoris Jenkins' ass. You know what I mean? Because Janoris Jenkins is going to be able yeah. to hold his own. I, I think that's a that's a very um, gigantic upgrade that we have 
at the number two corner that nobody really talks about. And you saw some of that last year, you know, going into the playoffs, that Carolina game and him just learning the system. Like, he walked in off the street essentially for us, right, and, and was able to right. play. So um, shades of Mike McKenzie, you know, later on in his career when he came back and, and was able to really help us, you know, get ready for a championship run. Um, looking at the roster, you had brought up wide receiver. And, and I'm with you. I, I know the defense is like a very sneaky good team, and I, our defense is going to be a very good unit. But wide receiver, Emmanuel Sanders is solidified, solidified at number two. I'm wondering, does Traquan Smith really make the jump this year and then earn himself a contract? It won't be with the Saints. It, like he, This is his last year in New Orleans because he's going to either get cut or he's going to get signed by somebody else because he plays well. Um, cause they can't afford to give him a second contract unless he takes like a minimum, which, which he won't. So is it, is it going to be Traquan Smith or do you think Deontay Harris really steps into a role where he's ready to play, you know, a lot of minutes for us at receiver? I hope it, I hope so. I hope it does, uh, fit in that role. Um, I, you know, I like Deontay Harris so much as a returner that, he will be utilized as an offense. He'll be utilized and you know, maybe some jet sweeps. And, yeah, he'll be put in there uh, as a receiver as well. Um, I don't think he will be he ever be like the, the, the two receiver or maybe even the, the three. I, I could be wrong. But uh, there's other guys that always come up undrafted. You know, Marcus Colston, seventh round, but almost undrafted. Yeah. Um, this is where the Saints can beat the cap. In other words, you know what I mean? It's instead of paying twenty million a year, ten million, you get a guy come in, plays his ass off, and then you know his contract's up. Okay, you get him two, three million a year or something. Yeah. Uh, or or you, you sign him right away. In other words, for right away for a million or two, you become a superstar. Hopefully, you're smart and you just you. you you hit that right off the bat. Look at Kamara and Lattimore when they come out, came out of the draft, man. We we, we did grand auto theft, man. I mean, <laughs> that was... I mean, think about it. Kamara, third round, and what we paid him. Yeah. And what we got out of him and Lattimore. Yeah. Defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year. So, you know, we beat the cap those years. Well, there's, we there's, two, guy, there's two guys that... There's two guys right now that, that... I don't know what your thoughts on those guys are, but... Uh, Jawan James and uh, like Jawanatron and uh, Callaway. Do you think either of those guys has the opportunity to be the guy that you're talking about right now? Yes, I think uh, I think Jawan definitely is one of those guys that I see that that can. You talk about the undrafted guy. Yeah. Yes, I really like him. I really Jawan Johnson. Is it, Juwan, is it Juwan Johnson? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, uh, I think both those guys are, they're both pretty talented. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they're both pretty t- I really like Juwan Johnson. I really, really like Juwan Johnson. And the thing is, you know, I mean, it's hard to tell until they match up and get on the field. But, you know, it, it can happen with receivers. It seems like more than offensive linemen and like that. Yeah. For whatever reason. Um, you know, you you got all these guys with speed. You ever watch the NFL Combine? Oh. Man, they got, I mean, you got like, 
the list is four, 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 three, four, five. You know, it's there's tons of them. But can they run routes? Yeah. You know, can they can they come down with a catch? Somebody's on them. Can they break off? Or, you know, when somebody's on top of them, uh, can they do some blocking? You know, there's, there's just there's all kind of things to it to where you know they can they can make their way into a starting role. And that's and why that been on special teams too. Yeah. You know. That's why I think that um, Deontay Harris has a real opportunity to, like, here's my here's my thing, okay, Dean? I'll give you a little anecdote, anecdotal on me. Um, I played sports uh, at the university level uh, in Canada. I played basketball and football. I was a dual sport athlete. In basketball, I never felt like I got my fair share because coaches, I got a scholarship and I was a recruited athlete, but they always had some somebody playing my position that I walked into, and I was competing, and I had to fight for my minutes. Do you know what I mean? Versus, versus yeah. given my minutes. And I always felt like I was better. Um, I could be young and misguided and maybe not have a g- grasp of reality. But uh, for the most part, I thought it was pretty good. And other people said, said the same thing to me. When you don't have a pedigree, right? And Deontay Harris didn't, didn't have pedigree coming in. He played at a small school, right? Yeah. And when he, when he got to the NFL, I believe he was undrafted, if I'm not mistaken. He's an undrafted guy. Yeah. played at a small school. And he becomes an all-pro in this first year. So people are starting to know his name. There, there's something to be said about a guy like Tyree Kill, who has pedigree. When he came out of college, the only thing was a character concern because of that, you know, him being a pretty ugly human and kicking his pregnant girlfriend down the stairs. Um, right. You know what I mean? Like, but, but people want to talk about Tyree Kill. There's no difference in some of the things that Tyree Kill can do and some of the things that Deontay Harris can do. And the reason why I say that is I remember that route that Deontay Harris ran that uh, Taysom Hill threw in, in, in that Vikings game. If you watch that route, it is so filthy. You know what I mean? And this, guy, and this guy's playing football. He's not a gadget guy in this moment. He's playing football down the field as a receiver. You can't tell me that this kid, and it looks like he's been working this entire COVID time, you know what I mean? Like every video I see of him yeah. working, I, I'm just I call me a guy that wants to cheer for the underdog and cheer for the little guy and like yeah. literally the little guy, but I don't see right. I don't see why he can't be the same as Tyree Kill. You know what I mean? I I just I can't see yeah. why he can't be that guy. And apart and Look, part, say, sorry, go ahead. I'll say this: he's gonna get his opportunity. He will get his opportunity. Uh, you know, to shine. He's been there. He, he's, you know, he, he will get his opportunities. I, I'm going to add this, too. I, I love being the underdog, man. I, I embrace that role. When yeah. I first started writing, I mean, nobody knew who I was. You know, I, I didn't I didn't come up with a journalism degree. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a degree. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I didn't go to this great famous Northwestern school or anything like that. I had to come in and learn, man, on the street. It's just simple as that. Yeah. And you get better by being around smarter people than you. Exactly. And I surrounded with myself with, with smarter. And you learn from that. You take notes and you get better. And you have to believe, you know. Why do you think I have you on why do you think I have you on the podcast? I'm learning from you, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, you know, you know how many times I've been told no that, you know, to, as far as, I'm not talking from the Saints, I'm talking from other people saying, you cannot get credentials. Just just get it out of your head. 
I'm like, why not? It, it, it's never been done. You, you can't do it. You have to be with ABC, ESPN, blah, blah, blah. You know, you're just a little blogger, you know. And I laugh at them because, you know, I, I consider myself a writer. That's it. You want to call me a reporter, journalist, but I don't really care what they call me. I'm in the same place they are. Yeah. I, and, you know, I, I, they, they probably do have a better seat than me. <laughs> I'm not going to say I'm the king or anything, but, you know, it can happen. And it's very hard. It is odds. It's like making the NFL, man. You know, the odds are just very long. You have to have that belief. You have to have something different and bring it to the table. Yeah. And you will get, you will get recognized. Yeah. You will get recognized. Yeah. So I, I, I'm with you. I'd love to see it. I'm not seeing it now, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. Uh, everybody has their favorites. There's, there's other underdogs in that team. It, I just think he will get his opportunity. And if he is that good, then he'll be on, he'll be on the field. Yeah. As a receiver, you know. Yeah. That's just how I see. I think Sean Payton is fair. I think he wants the best player. He doesn't care if you're from, you know, uh, Florida State or Florida Technical Institute. Yeah. He will put in the best player. Yeah, and the, I, I fully believe that. Well, he's proved he's proven it. Remember, you remember Antonio Pittman, the running back from Ohio State? Yeah. Like we we drafted him, yeah. and then Pierre Thomas came to camp and said, "No, like if you cut me." I'm going to go play for the Bucks and I'm going to terrorize you. And Sean's like, yeah, Sean's like, no, we're, we're going to take, we're going to take quiet storm from Chicago and we're going to bring him in. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it, again, I, I agree. Sean, Sean is very much on merit and you earn it with Sean. The only thing that yeah. I think Sean has done with personnel that I, that I hate is, is the way that he drafted quarterbacks and his love affair for, Austin Carr and Tommy Lee Lewis will never... It just It's the most frustrating thing in the history of this team. Like, Aaron Brooks throwing the backwards pass against the Raiders actually makes me happier than watching Tommy Lee Lewis on the field. And the fact that Tommy Lewis is, is a part of one of the most heinous moments in Saints history because it costs us a Super Bowl is just perfect. It's just apt. You know, it's just yeah. so on brand because he is just such mediocre talent and and small and does not belong on our team. It drives me nuts. It drives me nuts. Anyways, yeah. um, was there anything else you want to talk about tonight, man? We've unloaded a lot here. No, I mean, I'll defer to Sean Payton on that uh, just in case I, I happen to run into a dark alley <laughs> <laughs> the dark side, um, or at a press conference and, you know, I, I ask a dumb question. But, uh, you know, he's going to make mistakes, too. And I think we're just, you know, every coach has their favorites. Every boss has their favorites. I learned this in life, man. I don't care if you work for the government, the White House. You know, you try not to be, try not to have favorites. But I'm not saying it's right either. But people have favorites. And sometimes they will will go down no matter what uh, because of whatever reason. And. You know, I, I actually was a fan of Tommy Lee Lewis in the beginning, and then I just, I, I was like, man, what's, why can't he develop? You know, why can't he just, <laughs> why can't he just move forward, you know? He was a Parcells was guy. Yeah, it was really frustrating to watch him uh, over time, you know, yeah. but that's just my take. Yeah, man, it's, uh... Now, you know, I, I think, 
around back to you know what we started talking about Drew Brees things uh, you know and the issues at hand in our country you know we are we are at a very important part of history right now and it you know what side do you want to be on yeah you know the NFL is going to have some very important decisions to make in these next six months. That includes the virus, includes the, this, you know, the, the racism issue. Uh, there, 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 there's another league, or maybe they're out of business, I have no idea. But what I'm saying is, is that it's not just the NFL. It's just we, 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 have to, we have to just really get smarter people making decisions. We need leaders. We need leaders that's going to lead, not people that's just going to stand up and talk and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. We need leaders that are going to lead. Mm-hmm. That's just all I, I would say. And I'm hopeful and I'm optimistic. This year's been a like, world of hell for most people, at least for me. But, you know, maybe this second half, man. Maybe the second half will just somehow we'll get together. Yeah, it can't get worse. It, you're you're it can't right. Get much. You're right. You're 100% right. And I, I, you're, you made a great point. You said, what side of history do you want to be on? I'm hoping the NFL is not tone deaf. I'm hoping they hear the pleas from some of their players because their workforce is 80% African American. I'm hoping that they look at this situation, like you said, and they say, we need action. And I don't want false jobs created. I don't want, you know... Um, People hired, you know, uh, to, to acquiesce, you know, a quota. I don't want that. What I want is I want conversations. I want the NFL. You know what I really want from the NFL? And I think that this would quell a lot of the problems. And, and I wish that I wish that Roger Goodell and some of the owners could hear this statement. But I wish that they would come out, even if they don't mean it. Just say the words. And just say, we fucked up. Kaepernick was right. We fucked up. We had an opportunity and we made a mistake. We made a mistake because we valued something more than the fight that he was fighting and we got, we got it wrong. If the NFL ever came up with any statement that resembled any part of what I just said, there'd be a lot, there would be a lot, lot of shaking heads being like, uh-huh. You know what I mean? And at least people would feel yeah. heard because people would feel heard. And I think that that's the biggest step into progressing forward. Don't create false jobs. Don't create a stupid rule to give someone a draft pick for giving a black guy an interview. That's not what we're doing. You know what I mean? Create dialogue and, a, and, a, and an admission of at least, not maybe not guilt, but admission of just being apathetic to a cause that somebody was doing. And, and I think that that would be the first step. I, that, that, that's just my take on it. But... um. Yeah, man. This is, this I, is... I, want, I, want to, I want to point out one thing you said there was interesting. You know, if they come out, they don't even have to mean it. You know, if they just come out and say that, which would be a huge step. I, I don't see it. I, I mean, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I, I, don't, I don't see it. I just think that the, the owners, you, you know, the, the owners, it's really about the owners of these NFL teams. Yeah. You know? Um, I believe there is two minority owners. I could be wrong. Shot Khan, Khan for Jacksonville, and uh-huh. and who would be the second one? 
Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Regardless. Yeah. Regardless, it's majority Caucasian owners, right? Yeah. We both agree on. Yeah. And a lot of them are older. They come from a different generation. There are a lot of older fans in the NFL as well. There is a generational gap here as well to this racism. I think that is an important point to make as well. There's still people alive that were around before the Civil Rights Act was passed. Think about that. That's crazy. So those people are going to be extremely hard to convince, and those people do have money, and they bought season tickets, and that, that complicates a lot of things. But the most important thing is is that those older Caucasian owners have the money. So, and Goodell is there to protect the owners. So there lies the problem. See, I, I think this this whole thing is about money mm-hmm. and, and, and a brand. You know, it's about protecting the badge. Even I think Goodell has, has said that. So until people, I think it's going to come to the people, actually. Maybe it's fans, maybe it's players. But, at, you know, in any cause for things to change, it always comes down to people. Simple as that. And it comes down to people unifying together as one. You cannot fight each other. Because if you start fighting each other, you lose the cause. Yeah. So that's going to be interesting to see if they can keep on the same page. And, and you know, you're going to have people that aren't, aren't, aren't going to agree as well on how to go about making change. So, because you have a lot of strong voices, yeah. but in the end, you have to have you have to be a united front. And that's a part of being part of being a union too. A united front when it comes to the owners. So, we will see how that you know works out. Well, not only are you a writer, but you could also probably do some peace talks and some preaching for these guys if they ever needed it, man. Because you just you just very eloquent you just very eloquently put it out. That's a very big way of, uh, of, of having a solution. Um, yeah, it was well said, my friend. It was very well said. Hey, I, I'm for hire for Peacemaker, man. Well. <laughs> they got the money, that's for sure. Um, well, yeah, man, Dean, it's, it's always a pleasure to have you on. Dean, from, Dean Mullen from Last Words on Sports. Um, join us here on the Who That Kiss podcast. Um, yeah, man, anything else you want to get before we get out of here? No, man, I think uh, I think we've covered a lot of bases tonight. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I'm so glad to just be on and just get some of this out because yesterday was really sad. Yeah, I agree. Watch all the news break. And it just, you know, we, we have become a society, so we, we love to pile on people. Mm-hmm. I think that needs to be addressed, too. I do. Uh, I'm not talking about Drew Brees in particular. This just happens with Ray Rice or, you know, some. It's just. Kareem Hunt. You know, somebody does something. I'm not saying what they do is is is, is bad. It, it is horrible some of the stuff. But it's just we pile on, pile on, pile on, pile on. You know, it's just like yeah. You know, where, where is the where is the moral compass? Let's do better. That's what I. Where is the yeah. Let's, yeah, let's do better. That's that's really all it, all it comes down to. The golden rule: treat people how you want to be treated. Let's do better. And, and the world yeah. will be a, a lot easier place to deal with and to net, navigate through. So yeah. yeah, yeah, that's it, man. That's all I got. All right, man. It's always a pleasure. You know, you take care of yourself. You stay safe. Take care of the family, and uh, 
You got some news coming out, I'm sure. In the next little bit, you're going to let us know what's going on with you because you don't want to say nothing yet, but you let me know. I'm, I'm, interested, I'm interested to hear what the next next step for yep. you is. All right, man. Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Who that? Later, bro. Later.